Sorry I couldn't send you anything. But, uh, welcome to today's combo. And before we begin, I'd like to give EcoPacks the floor because they have an announcement for Earth Week. Uh, yeah, welcome again to Monday Morning Convo. So EcoPacks, the Environmental Peace Club on campus, is kicking off a week of Earth-focused events along with GSWA, the Art Club, and the Public Relations Club. Of, overall, this week focuses on each day on a different theme, ranging from spirituality to electricity to recycling. Uh, so there are a few students here with me today that are going to share the way that they're choosing to participate in Earth Week. All right, to connect spirituality and the environment this week, I plan to dedicate about 20 minutes every day um, wholly in my environment, no matter what the weather or the time of day is. I, spend a, spend, I plan to spend time uh, walking down the street or in the woods and not having any distractions of cell phones or iPods or schedules or anything like that, and just observing, um, thinking, and seeing how I can be connected to my surroundings. Hi, I'm Irene Schmid, and I plan to only take cold showers this week. It is a spiritual component because I often take for granted the hot water I have daily, and it's also environmental because it's saving water and energy to heat the water. What's up? <clears throat> my name is Jacob Putnam, um, and I will also be working on my water consumption. Um, and to do this, I will not take showers this whole entire week. No, just, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, although I should. Um, but no, I will work on using less time in the shower, um, using less water when I wash dishes, and using less water when I brush my teeth. So, you know, work on that. Hi, my name is Mohammed Rasulipur. Uh, I'm a senior art and religion major. Uh, this week, I am planning to give up the use of uh, personal computers, which is a big challenge for me because I spend a lot of time behind my computer on a daily basis. Uh, probably you do too. <laughs> uh, I am going to be using public computers for this week instead, um, just in case I decided to do some homework. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the end of this week, I hope um, that I can have a better understanding of uh, the use of personal uh, electronic devices. <clears throat> I'm uh, Aaron Stiffney, and uh, I eat meat pretty much every meal, so that's not a very efficient way of getting energy, so I'm going to give up meat this week. All right, so we'll be closing out Earth Week having these same people share their reflections on the week at Saturday's Earth Hour gathering. Uh, so we invite you to join these folks in giving up something for the week or adding something to your schedule, maybe a daily walk, uh, take a shorter shower, or like Aaron, take meat out of your meal. Um, so take the time to take on an Earth Week challenge and explore how that challenge might benefit your health, your wallet, as well as the Earth. Uh, and so for more details about the challenges and the events, uh, you can visit uh, the Earth Week page on Facebook and see the announcements on the communicator. Thank you.
All right, for uh, those of you that don't know me, my name is Jaya Hernandez. I'm a fourth year student, public relations major with a minor in business, and I am a Latino student of Mexican descent. To <laughs> Thank you. Uh, today's combo will focus on the CIIE department. It's been two years since we've had a combo. Back then, as some of you older class classmen might, the upperclassmen might remember, we were known as CITO. All right. And uh, today, joining me will be other speakers, such as Isaac Hernandez, <laughs> Tavo Peral, <laughs> and Yvette Cardenas. All right, let me tell you guys a little bit about how I came to GC. I went to school just down the road at Goshen High School. And let me tell you what, people over there could really benefit with a trip down to campus. You, you hear all kinds of crazy stories from like the ridiculous to things that you're like, no, that could never happen. All about this little college down the road. So I didn't let the hype distract me, you know? I came to GC, I saw it for myself, I applied, and I got accepted. And here I am. During my application process, I was told about the CITO program, a program set up with a scholarship fund to attract first-generation Latino students who demonstrate leadership qualities. After an interview and a few more applications, I was in. As a freshman, I would enter the college with a cohort of students, all nine of us who were Latinos and first generation. We would become the third CITO cohort and would join a group of about 16 other students who made up the first two cohorts. Now I'm standing here and I'm ready to graduate and I'm happy that things could work out for me. And I'll talk a little bit more about the program later, but for now, I want to give Isaac the floor because he's got something to show you guys. Hello. <clears throat> okay, so I decided to make a video because one of the first things that like really freaked me out when I came here was <laughs> some of the things that Mennonites do. <laughs> Like, it's not bad things, it's just things that were way different from where I come from. I'm from Idaho, and we do a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm from Idaho, so we do a lot of, like, different things. Um, so one of the first things I, like, I experienced here was culture shock, just because, you know, I, I have my set of traditions and things that I do on, like, a regular basis, and then I was coming here, where I'm the only one that does that, so it was probably weird to see me doing that as men I was probably looking at me and be like that guy does some weird stuff but for me like coming here I was like these people do some weird stuff so I decided to like make a movie about it just to highlight some of the things that Mennonites do and some of the things that Hispanics more in general do so yeah man it feels all good to be moved in yes so, what do you do for fun? Uh, you know, I watch movies, I shoot hoops, I lift weights, you know, stuff like that.
So yeah, that's just uh, some of the things that we do differently. But like it showed at the end of the video, we can learn from each other. I mean, I got my flannel on right now, so. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, coming up next is we're going to hear from Tavo and his experience here. Hey, what's up, y'all? Oh, can you hear me? Hey, I'm Tavo Parral. Uh, I'm a senior elementary education major. Um, and I'm just gonna talk a little bit about my experience from like the first few years I was here. Cause now I could say, like in that video, I've integrated well into this community. But the first two years were kinda like, whoa. So I'm just gonna talk about that. Um, so CITL gave me a scholarship like four years ago. And the only reason why I applied to Goshen and the scholarship was because I wanted to play basketball. And my, my, my high school coach told me about uh, Goshen, you should go play basketball if you really wanna play. Other than that though, I didn't know anything about this place. And so I didn't know about the town, about the people in there. And so I'm just gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, let me, where I start off, okay. So first thing I'm gonna talk about is coming into a small white community. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, four, four years ago or five years ago when I was in San Antonio, I would never would have thought that. But just to show you an example. Well, well, well first, I'm, let me show you about San Antonio. This is a picture of San Antonio right here, downtown, you know. It's big, there's about two million people there. It's one of the biggest cities in the country. And I'm coming to a place like this. <laughs> uh, I'm like, wow, it's such, so small. What is there to do there? It's, I mean, you have exciting there, and then, oh, let's go, let's go, to, um, let's go downtown and get some coffee, you know? <laughs> it's, it's just like, uh, that was something bi uh, different, you know? And in San Antonio, it's, there's a pretty large Hispanic population, predominantly Mexicans or Mexican-Americans, and so I took a part of that group. And coming here, um, my high school coach actually told me that 
you're okay because there's Mexicans in Goshen, so you'll be able to go in, you know. But when I first got here, that wasn't the case. But I'll just show you an example of what, what like, in San Antonio, how it was. So this is a picture of me and, um, and my friends. Now, they're all Hispanic. My sister's one in the middle posing. But in high school, I had no white friends. I seen white people before, but they were in the suburbs, or I played basketball against them through, like, select teams, club teams, and stuff like that. But never on a weekend or weekday did we ever hang out or anything. I didn't talk to them. I actually had a perception of white people as being uh, some rich people who thought they were better than Hispanics, only because they lived in the nicer part of town. So, but I didn't really know that. And then I come to Goshen, and now all my friends are different. <laughs> so they're all white. <laughs> and it's, that's, that's something, you know, for Hispanics now in San Antonio and, and me when I thought then that, like, this would never happen, ever, you know. But CITL gave me a scholarship, and they gave me the opportunity to integrate into this white culture that I have here today. Um, but some other things, you know, when I first came here, I was like, man, these people are tall. <laughs> uh, they got really pretty eyes. They're all colored and stuff. Uh, it's just was something different. I'm like, man. And so in San Antonio, our eyes are brown, but you have green, blue, hazel, or fuchsia, whatever color y'all got <laughs> in eyes. That's what I was like, man, that's cool. Um, also, another thing was that the food, you know, in San Antonio, we have um, a lot of Mexican food. And here, it's a little more healthier. You know, you go to the ride, I'm like, wow, I'm eating the healthiest I've ever eaten in my life, you know? You know San Antonio is actually one of the fattest cities. You know, I don't really brag about that in San Antonio, but it's one of the fattest cities in the country, you know? So, but when my coach told me there was Mexicans here, I was like, yeah, all right, there's got to be some Mexican food there. So I go to uh, Taqueria San Jose right there by the high school, and I order a taco. And it's like, it's a dollar, it's the same price, you know? So I'm thinking I'm gonna get a nice taco. But when I got my plate, it was the smallest taco I've ever eaten. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, this is not uh, uh, a taco that I'm used to eating, you know? Just an example, it's probably, it looked like that, you know? It's small, it's about like, like that big, you know? It's a dollar, I'm like, man, it's like, man, they're charging too much for this. In San Antonio, we ate tacos like this. Like, they're huge and like, I mean, this is the extreme case. They're not really that huge, but they're pretty big, you know? And that's the same, like $1.50, $2. And so, you know, from this to that, it was just like, man, no, 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 no. It just, it really like bothered me. Um, another thing that I'm talking about, I talked about that. Um, just like coming into this culture musically, um, like like in the video showed, uh, people walking barefoot. You would never really see that, like in my high school or downtown. Um, a lot more Hispanics. Like everybody, it was just it's very different, you know. And you have a small town. I'm so used to doing things all the time. I'm not used to having restaurants closed at nine o'clock and downtown shut down completely. I'm used to, oh, let's go do something at midnight and everybody is still awake, but. That's not the case when I came to Goshen. When I came to Goshen, and so, um, well, 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 that's about it on the pictures. But so coming here was it was different, and but I can say now that I've gotten used to it, and that, it's actually more weird to go back home because now I have all these white friends, and my friends back home, and goes, how does it feel to be around white people? How does it feel to have a white girlfriend? I'm like. Man, I love white people. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I didn't to tell you. I just love white people now. But that was that experience, and it really it, culturally it was it was hard. But I mean, I'm a kind of person that likes to see new things and see new opportunities and stuff. 
But that experience was, it was, I would say, a success. Now, there's another experience I want to talk about here that was like, man, it really hurt me that, that this happened. And so I'm Mexican-American. That means my parents were born in Mexico, but they came to the United States, and I was born in San Antonio. So I hold all these Mexican values intertwined with American values. And so I come to Goshen, and like I said, I, I heard there were Mexicans before, but uh, there was something different, you know? I tried to hang out with a couple of them, and I just felt like, man, these are different Mexicans up here. Like, I just, I, I couldn't connect with them. And, it, and just the little simple things, you know? I spoke Spanglish back home. We spoke, we speak more English back home than Spanish, but up here, you know, if I didn't speak Spanish, I felt like, I, I didn't want to talk to me anymore because, I mean, they probably see, like, oh, he's white. He's not Mexican. He's white. And so that was like, whoa, something different, you know? And so I kind of felt like I was being pushed back from the Mexican community here because I just couldn't connect with them. I think that majority, the majority of the Mexican population here is just something that's kind of just recent, you know, happened more Mexicans are coming since the 90s. While in San Antonio, uh, it's been there for generations and generations since Texas been came a part of the U.S. in like 1845, and so coming here, it, it I got pushed back. I couldn't really speak Spanish with them. I couldn't relate to some of the cultural values they were talking about, and it eventually just pushed me to only really hang out with people other than Hispanics up here. Unless you're an international student who's probably dealing with the same things, you know, I was dealing just being pushed away from a cultural community. I felt like that, and so um, it, it pushed me to like to think about like who I am. Am I really Mexican, or what? What am I? And you know, I'd go home and I talk to my mom and my family. I'm like, man, it's different up there. I don't, I don't, I don't kick it with the Mexicans. You know, they're, just, they're weird to me, and I'm probably weird to them. But you know, after like, like it took me like two or three years to finally realize that um, that I am Mexican American, but there's no typical Mexican. Um, my friends here and some, some friends back home that I know, they go, man, you're not the typical Mexican. You know, I'm like, what do you mean you're not the typical Mexican? You know, you're not short, <laughs> you, uh, you play basketball, you don't play soccer, you listen to American hip hop, you listen to rock music, you don't just listen to Spanish music. Um, you understand how we do, and I feel like the Mexicans here don't understand what, we, what other cultures do. And so, at first, I'm like, I used to be like, okay, cool, cool. But after a while, it made me realize that um, that way, but that's not right, you know. There can't be just be this one typical Mexican. It's kind of like just stereo, generalizing, stereotyping this group of people, in which we're all different, you know. Like, it, it coming from San Antonio to here, yeah, uh, we're different. But I still call myself Mexican. I don't say I'm different from them because, I mean, our parents came from the same place. Our ancestors came from the same place. We're brown, we, we, we still hold the same values, it's just different. And so now I can finally say that I'm Mexican-American, but I'm a different Mexican. And there's other different Mexicans too. It's not just one typical Mexican. And so that was like my experience here coming to Goshen. Um, there's some, um, I mean, but I, I never would have experienced this. I, I wouldn't have the mindset now if I didn't get that scholarship and I didn't have the opportunity to come see here. Actually, when I was thinking of a change in high school, going to college, I wasn't think I was nowhere near thinking about Goshen, Indiana, or Goshen College. I was thinking about Los Angeles, New York City. But I came to this small town, and it definitely has changed my mindset on how I view people 
in how I view my own cultural group and other Latino groups. So I want to thank CITL for that. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much my story for the first two years. You know, I was just dealing with this identity issue about being a part of this small white community and then being a part of the Mexican community here. So that's my story. Um, just one more thing. Like, since Go I came to Goshen, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand how yet people can, like, enjoy this weather. Like, <laughs> it, right now in San Antonio, it's like 80 degrees. It probably reached up to 90, which is kind of hot. But, I mean, it's still snowing. Like, what the heck? Like, no, man. That's, but that's it. That's my story. Good morning. Um, my name is Yvette Cardenas. I'm a fourth year nursing major, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about my experience at GC these four years. So the idea of starting college and being away from home was exciting, but also nerve-wracking, because I didn't know what to expect from my life. It was like starting a journey into a world that I did not know much about. Being the first in my family to, to go to attend a four-year college and receive a higher education was something honorable, but also a responsibility, especially when having two younger sisters who look up to you. If I know one thing for sure right now, it's that I would not have survived my first year without my faith in Christ and my family support. However, I also received a special opportunity to express who I am with the help of CITL. It was during the first year that the program helped me explore and grow in my ethnic identity as a Latina. During the meetings, I found deeper meanings behind who I am, for instance, a Latina who is starting college. Um, I have always known who I am and where I come from, but I have never talked about it because back home, it was like second nature. It was something you just do. I remember writing a quote about what were then my hopes for my college years at GC. I wrote, all my life, I have been in places where I have been seen as a minority and at risk. Now behind me, meaning at GC, I see a special opportunity to express my Latinaness without shame and full of pride. So for the first year, I did exactly that. I was constantly talking to those I would encounter about who I am and where I come from. Despite the various struggles I endured my first year, I survived. As my first year came to a close, I was beginning to feel more confident and stronger, not only in my faith, but also as a Latina in college. By the end of that year, I was ready for what the following years had for me. My next goal was the nursing program. During my second and third year, I became more passionate about nursing. I was learning different skills and aspects that amazed me, from the listening to an infant's first cry to the elderly person struggling with the loss of their spouse. Despite waking up before sunrise and spending long hours on care plans, I felt the sense of fulfillment that came when patients would thank you for your compassionate care. As I cared for my patients in the hospital, I became aware of, a, of the great need for bilingual nurses. After taking care of a Spanish-speaking patient who did not understand a word that any healthcare professional was saying, it became evident that I was able to give a little bit more by helping bridge that gap between two cultures, two cultures that I was born into. As I stood in my patient's room translating each instruction, I noticed the expression of worry and confusion. 
and the frustration of not being able to understand. However, I also noticed the expressions of relief and gratitude of having one there who could help her understand. At the end of that clinical day, my patient told me, in Spanish of course, thank you for helping me understand everything the doctor was saying. I don't know what I would have done if you were not here today. I'm glad there are nurses who are bilingual and speak Spanish because those of us who don't know English really benefit from it. Again, I felt that sense of fulfillment deeper than before because not only was I able to care for my patient as a nurse, but I was also able to, bridge, to build a bridge that not everyone is able to bridge, to build. It was based on this experience, as well as many others, that I have learned that being bicultural and bilingual is a blessing and not something that can just be done as I once believed. Understanding this blessing has helped me grow deeper in my identity as a Latina as well as a nurse. It's literally like icing on top of the cake. No one can, you couldn't ask for something more. Now, as a senior and ready to start my career as a nurse, I look ahead with excitement and wonder, ready to begin a journey in which I will help others in need with my nursing abilities, but also be connecting two cultures along the way. This journey would not have been possible were it not for my faith in Christ, family support, the nursing program, and CITL. Christ gave me the strength and endurance to make it through the harsh times. My family, especially my mother, gave me the support I needed. The nursing program equipped me with the tools and skills to be the best nurse I can be. And CITL provided the opportunities in which I was able to express myself as a Latina. Thank you. Uh, now that you've gotten to hear a little bit about who we are, and about like, our experience here. Let me tell you a little bit about the program that we're involved in. And I gotta mention this. Uh, one of the things is I was getting ready to do this convo that I heard from a lot of uh, the people in CITL that they wanted me to address was that sometimes they mention to students that, oh yeah, I got this CITL scholarship and it's pretty much a full ride. And people look at them and they're like, what, you get money for being Mexican? Like, whoa, where do I sign up? And uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit about it, it is. But let me tell you about some of the work that that money enables us to do. In 2005, the CITO program was created through a grant from the Lilly Endowment Corporation that was awarded to Goshen College. The, purpose, the, the center's purpose was to conduct research on what factors contributed to Latino students' success at a small liberal arts institution in the Midwest. But the programs have done so much more than that. They've concentrated on creating future Latino leaders. They've given us a place for us to explore our own culture and our own self story, like where we've been and where we want to go. It's given us opportunities to be involved in like pretty amazing stuff. Like there's been, there's been opportunities. I personally have mentored at Goshen High School other Latino students to try to get them into college. I did that two different years, and that's an opportunity I recognize I got thanks to the CITL scholarship and the program. Uh, recently, this last year, CITL joined up with uh, MAO and the International Education Play uh, to unite into CIIE, the Center for Intercultural and Inter Intercultural Interracial Education. 
Oh no, international, intercultural and international education, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, and the research that they do has proven itself worthy as every year more and more minority students are retained and recruited. The researchers working with CIIE have published books and have presented at conferences across the nation. And they always get really great responses. People are really excited about what Goshen College is doing and the program that they've set up. And people are trying to actually replicate it, you know, trying to bring it to their own colleges. And so CIIE just continues Goshen College's effort to create a global community. This school has been bringing international students here since after World War II, so around the 50s. And it has been student sending students from here to the world is through SST since the 70s. So CIIE is just a continuation of this push towards diversity, one that focuses on the diversity that we see around us here. So I leave you guys with a quote from President Brenham, Brenneman himself when he presented at a faculty and staff retreat earlier this year. Imagine a college where all of our students are engaged in serving the world through SST. Imagine a college where at least 30% of students and faculty are from non-majority groups, at least as, as diverse as our community and at least as diverse as the global Mennonite church. President Brenneman, I fully support you in your endeavor and I wish the best for you and the institution. And I've always wanted to say this, but you guys are dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>